0: Good morning, y'all. Uh, it must be Super Bowl Sunday, because a few more of y'all chose the early service. You're like, I got to get home and get that dip going. Um, so uh, yeah, we're on a sermon on prayer, and, uh, uh, or a series rather, just a little two-part. Uh, last week, he talked to us about um, private prayer. Like, what does it look like to, to commune with the holy one-on-one, and, and what are some principles around that? Today, we talk about um, corporate prayer. What does it look like for us to come together, and why do we do that, and what are some principles uh, that we can look to? We're going to be in Acts chapter 4 for this. Uh, we could have chosen pretty much any chapter in Acts to talk about corporate prayer. Uh, every, there's like in all first four chapters, uh, th- there is a specific verse talking about how the disciples committed themselves to praying together. Uh, and so we're going to be in Acts chapter 4. Uh, and as you are getting there, let me draw attention to quite a few things that we've got coming up. Um I just I feel like I look up and I'm like, is that the calendar for the next couple of weeks? Holy smokes. Uh we've got a, a men's retreat coming up just in a couple of weeks, right? February 24th, 25th. Uh and so uh dude, sign up for that. There is limited space, and like we really mean that. Uh we're gonna go out to Fredericksburg uh and there's like this little three house joint out there that, that we're gonna kind of take over, and I'm really excited about that. Uh maybe head out to Enchanted Rock and stuff. Uh we've got a missions lunch coming up uh in a couple weekends too. And so that's if we've got five mission trips this summer, uh, or at least some of them are this summer. Some might be a little uh, later in the year. But uh, but if you're just curious about that, I know, I mean, for too long, COVID has um, done its work on international missions. Uh, so many trips were canceled, uh, and it's been, it's been a long, arduous journey for churches around the country to kind of reinstitute uh, and, and recommit into those uh, those international movements. And it's like, all right, we gotta we gotta get back on this. It's not healthy, frankly, uh, for for a church to to not be involved in that kind of things. And so, uh, and so, if you're interested in that, uh, or you've got questions about that, we're gonna have a lunch right after church. Uh, it'll be after second service, and uh, um, yeah, on that Sunday, to talk with the missions team and get some info. You can kind of break out and "Hey, I'm interested in the you know the Dominican Republic trip. I'm interested in the you know the Texas trip, or whatever." So uh, there's a lot going on with that. Um, there is, a, let's see, Starting Point is also going to be that same uh, weekend, and so if, if you're new with us, which none of y'all are, cool. Um, uh, it's 8.45, right? Well, this, y'all are the people making room for the new people next service, which I deeply appreciate. But uh, there is a starting point there. Perhaps you haven't uh, signed on with that and, and you haven't come to a starting point. If you haven't, uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, just a lunch, right? If you're curious about what it means to kind of join the family of Bannockburn and, and how can I get involved, what does that look like, uh, we'd love to have you. Just come out, have a free lunch after, uh, after that second service, and, uh, and it's free childcare. That's what I always say. If nothing else, it's a lunch date. You know, kick those kids over. Come have a sandwich and just, you know, tune me out or something. I don't know. Anyhow, um, all right, um, that's all we got, uh, also a Lenten devotional, right, uh, Lent's coming up, uh, and so is Ash Wednesday, by the way, it's not this coming Wednesday, it's the Wednesday after that, uh, and I can't tell y'all how much these services mean to me personally, uh, and, and, I, and I, I can guarantee they mean something to everyone who shows up for them. Uh, they are, there's something about getting out of the routine of this Sunday morning, and and coming into a different kind of space, that your heart is just, because you don't come with this preconceived notion of what it's going to look like, that your heart just is somehow more receptive to whatever you're about to encounter, and that Ash Wednesday service is one of those services, like Ash Wednesday, like Monday Thursday, like Good Friday, right, coming on the evening, and, uh, and so Ash Wednesday is where we prepare our hearts for Lent, and Lent is the season where we begin to observe the passion of Christ, right, the, 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 um, the the trials, the Last Supper, the praying in the garden, the, the betrayals, the, the, uh, right, the whole journey up to Golgotha, and, and then his resurrection, it's, it's preparing ourselves for that, and so Ash Wednesday is what starts that, uh, and, and so I'd encourage you, maybe you grew up with the ashes on the forehead like I did, right, and you're like, what's, what's a Baptist going to do with that? Come find out, uh, all right, I'd love to have you, so anyhow, okay, that's all the stuff. Also, this last, uh, was that yesterday? Gosh, no. Two days ago. Okay, yes, sorry. Father-daughter ball, which was awesome. Uh, we had such a great time, uh, and thank you all who volunteered for that and made that happen. That was such a special night. We've never done a father-daughter ball out here, and I was like, let's, let's do it. Like, let's blow it up. This is going to be awesome, and, uh, and it was so much fun. And uh, one thing we did in the back, we've got a picture of it, is we made this affirmation station in the back of the church. Um, and so it's where daddies could like go sit down on these little these little couches. One guy was like, "This looks like I'm on The Bachelor, and I'm going to have like a talk," you know. <laughs> and I was like, "That's totally what that is," you know. Uh, and so you'd go and you'd sit down on these little couches, and you would just you would talk with your girl, uh, and you would say, "I love being your dad because things I love about you are this. I think you're awesome at," and it was this beautiful little opportunity for dads to just sit down and just dote over their daughter uh and i'm there with my daughter which we have a picture of too right and so i was sitting there uh all already you know and i made the affirmation card so i didn't even look at them because i knew it was on there and i'm like baby girl uh i just want to you know because we found a song she didn't you know whatever she wasn't all into and uh, and so i was like this is a great time to go back there and just as i'm about to i was like sitting down i'm telling her what's about to happen i'm like hey i'm just going to tell you some things that i love about you and then this song comes on and she's looking at me and she's she's not breaking eye contact She's looking at me like, I haven't, like, what is this, you know, and, and then the song comes on, she kind of looks over the corner of her eye, you know, she's still looking at me, and she's just, and she starts mouthing the words to the song, she's like, dance for me, dance for me, dance for me, one more time, dance for me, dance for me, dance for me, oh, 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 she, dance monkey comes on, and, and she just keeps singing, I'm trying to tell, her like, babe, things I love, I love being your dad. Because, like, you're just so creative, and, like, you're just the light of my life. She's like, dance for me, dance for me, dance for me, right? As you kid, I was like, I was like, I was like, baby, do you just want to go dance? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, let's go dance, right? <laughs> and we just go off and dance. And, and that was like, like, I was like, come on. Like, I'm, you know, and I thought, how, like, how poignant of what I feel like often my prayer life is like, right? God's sitting me down. And he has all of these things that he wants to encounter me with and, and, and love on me with and to, like, dispense to me. And I'm just sitting there, like, dance, on my dance. Like, like, I don't know, like, in another world. And I sat down, like, I get it, right? Like, I understand what it's supposed to look like. Maybe I've stealed some time away, whatever. And all I'm thinking about is, like, oh, we got Father all going on, Lord, and we got that, you know. And I'm start, like, Lord, I just want your will upon the earth. And it's like, oh, I got the sermon, too. What am I going to do about prayer? You know, and he's like, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Like, and this is, like, this is the reality of prayer. It is, it is basically a practice of, like, your distraction, trying to meet devotion, right? And, and, it's, and it's, it's just a tough thing. It's a hard thing. And, right, like, we'll experience this today, right? You'll be watching something, and you're going to love it, right, around 530. And then these things that you love to watch will be interrupted by a football game, right? And then eventually they'll have a timeout. and It'll get back to the things you like, you know, the commercials, and, uh, but then, right, the chiefs will come back on and whatever, and, right, this life of, m- most of y'all don't even, do you, raise your hand if you do not know who's in the Super Bowl. It's fu- it's a safe place, right? I-, I, had to ask Katie this morning, I was like, I'm gonna get asked in church, and if I don't know, like, that's not gonna look good, and now I'm, like, confessing that I don't know, right? The chiefs and the eagles, which everyone's praying for the chiefs, I wager, who wants to pray for the eagles, right? Um, just saying, all right, let's be honest here. Um, anyways, and so we're in this series, we're in prayer, and, and now, now I want to, like, yeah, let's tune to uh, what, what were the disciples doing, right? They had a lot to be distracted by, especially in this moment, right? Jesus has died and resurrected, and now, and Pentecost has happened, and now they're like, all right, uh, get after it. And I mean, j- just imagine what is all on their mind as now they're, they're holding to this practice of prayer, and what drives them to it? We're going to be in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. It's important for a little context here of, like, why they're even, like, because it says, it starts with, on their release. What release? Uh, Well, they were detained. They weren't necessarily in prison, but more or less the same thing uh, where the, the religious leaders had to take them because they just healed a man. And everyone was talking about it, and there was a lot of disruption about that. A lot of people were coming to faith. And, and the, uh, right, because the, the, the Sadducees and Pharisees, the Sanhedrin really, they, they figured, okay, we killed Jesus, this is over, we're good now. And it's like, wait a minute, what? One, one of his followers just healed a dude? Okay, okay, hold, hold on, let's, let's rein this back in. And, they, and, uh, uh, and, the, and the Sadducees and Pharisees told them, okay, uh, well, they couldn't deny that this man was healed. And so they said, well, just stop talking about Jesus. That was the whole conclusion of, of chapter 3 and into, and into uh, the first half of chapter 4 is just stop talking about Jesus, Peter and John. This is Peter and John they're talking about. And so, uh, and so then they were finally released, though, and they said, just stop talking about him. And the disciples were like, you want us to obey you or God? And the Pharisees and Sadducees were like, just go, dude, all right? Just stop being weird and just go. Uh, and so they're released, and so now it says... But, but they can tell they're now, right, but Peter and John, you have to imagine, right, they're under this, like, these are the people who killed their Christ, like, chapters ago. And, and so now they're sitting before the same kind of informal trial. And so you got to sit, like, what's on their mind, like, and this is it. John, this is how we go uh and and so that's what's on their mind like this isn't a oh we just had a little talk with you know the principal like this is a big deal and so when they're coming upon their release they're like okay like we're living another day uh, and so now on their release peter and john went back to their own people right back to the other jews the messianic jews at this time and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them not not to talk about jesus And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And here's the start of the prayer. This is the longest prayer in the book of Acts, by the way. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father, David. And now they're quoting David in this prayer. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. They stop quoting him continue in prayer. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate, you see the connection they're making. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate meet together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. This is big stuff. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was Shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, um, I just feel like it's always a strange thing to come to you in prayer after reading about what prayer can do. Maybe even a little bit of conviction about how I feel like I even treat this time typically of of a prayer, and then I can get on to the rest of my words in this sermon. But God, jeez, for a minute we just, we just bow before you. Without a hurry to move on, realizing that, gosh, we just hold nothing in our hands. You shook the earth. I suppose my prayer for us this morning is that maybe you'd shake us a little bit. Wake us up, Lord, to what's possible through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us as we come together as a church body and enlist upon you, petition with you. So, Lord, this morning we gaze at you. We worship you. We rest here for a minute in you, and Lord, we need to be shaken awake here to the reality of the Holy Spirit and working through our lives through the power of of prayer that that wouldn't become like the bumper sticker tagline thing that we see, but Lord, something within us would see the resource that we have access to. Lord, we love you. It's in this precious name of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that we pray. Amen? All right, I have four things, and then I have this closing thought for us. Uh, and so, like, what am I seeing in this? Like, if we're going to be a people that have experiences, like, or, or that can be shaped by what we see here, uh, what, are some, what are some things that we see them doing? Uh, I have four. And the first is this, as they were praying, they were praying in community. This is... Right, they're they're praying together. It's not all right, Peter. You go off in that corner, you go, and then like let's all just let's all just sit in our seats and have a have a private prayer time together. No, they came together. There was a corporate togetherness in their prayer. Right on their release, they came back, uh, and uh, right when they heard this, they raised verse 24. They raised their voices together in prayer to God. And so, together in community, this is the principle we see. Private prayer is important. We talked about that last week, right? Because what you do in private is what is then expressed and what honors God in public. This is also true of your relationships. You cannot publicly honor a relationship that you disdain privately. You must honor these things privately for them to be honored publicly, right? That's true of a boss, that's true of a coworker, that's true of a marriage. Honor them pu- privately and they will be honored publicly, right? Jesus told them to pray privately, right? And, and, that, and even when he's singing the, the Lord's Prayer, though, even the language we see, which is, which is a prayer we say uh, often by ourselves, which is fine. And I think he intended, you can say this by yourself. However, look at the language in the Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father Give us the daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into detention, right? Deliver us from evil. It's a a communal prayer. It's It's a us. It's together. This is why community is so essential to the Christian faith. Many of us like to consider our faith very personal and very individual. But that, and that is a step. That is a step of faith. You need to have a personal relationship with the Lord. But the Christian life is communal. And community is essential to prayer. Here's why. Here's why, right? You're laid up in the hospital. And and let's say you have your Bible there. Your Bible will give you the words of eternal life. But it will not do life with you. Right? Keith, when you're in the hospital... Your Bible did not come to visit you. Your brother Jim did, right? And then we were all downstairs praying with you and for you, with Miss Kim over there, right? Petitioning the Holy Spirit together. We were there, right? And when some of you were like, like when Sarah and I, when we had Little Maverick, right? My Bible did not bring me meals while we were at home just like just trying to make it, right? It was all of you. All of y'all just, was insane, just meal after meal, and y'all just dote on us and loved on us, because that's what community does, right? And don't mistake me, I'm not saying the Bible is in power. If, if I had to choose, if you had one thing, either the Bible or community, I would obviously say Bible. The Bible gives you the words of eternal life, but those things are enacted by the community. It's not just enough to say, this is everything, and hear me, i don't misquote me on this, these things in the Bible that we see are played out by the Holy Spirit Working within the body of Christ in the church. Community is essential. And it's essential in prayer. It's meant to be something that we do together. This is something that is a corporate act. And if you don't believe me, read your Bible, right? Matthew 18. If two of you agree in prayer, it will be done for you. James 5, if you're sick, bring the elders, right, to pray over this person that they may be healed. Acts 2, they committed themselves, right, to the the breaking of bread, to the teachings of the apostles, and to prayer together. 2 Corinthians, you must also help us by prayer. This is Paul saying, so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Praying together is not fringe theology. (laughs) It's central. It's central. This is something that we do together. This is why in our life groups, this is like, there's a big section in our like life group manual of praying together and how we focus that time together, right? And so I'd say, if, yeah, like, if you do nothing else in your life group, don't you dare leave without praying together, without praying together. I was speaking at a pastor's conference in Uganda, and, uh, and I'll never forget it, like, I, I was it was the first day we were there, it was the first trip. I, was like, I went to Uganda several times, but the first time I went and I was teaching things, and I was like, all right, let's pray, as I closed my little sermon bit, and, uh, and then they all started praying at the same time, because that's how they do it there. You start saying, all right, let's pray, and then it's just like, and you just hear it all, like, they're just, they're going off on it, right? And it's amazing. It, it was just, like, I almost had to stop, because I was just so moved. By everyone raising up their voice together in prayer, and then what happens in this, I, man? A lot of different things, right? I, another, I was in Nicaragua, and we were up in these like the hillsides, this like in central, and uh, right. And I took two. I was like, there was two or three guys with me. Um, there was three guys with me, uh, and they were like unseasoned. Like they were just, they were just dads, you know. All, they, they'd said yes to a trip, right? Uh, I wouldn't call them, like, faith pillars, you know what I mean? But they were, like, they were doing their best. So Like, okay, yeah, I need to do more, and, and, and so, like, let's go on this mission trip, and I want the Lord to move in me. And, uh, but and I don't only say that to say, like, they were looking at me a lot for, like, what do we do next, you know? And we're, and we're just up, we were walking the streets with the translator, walking into homes, we're delivering some food, and then praying with families. And, and this was super remote. Uh, and we were like up, and we just went into this one house, and it's like, hey, can I pray for you? And there's this lady, and she, she couldn't walk. She had, uh, she'd lost um, uh, her, uh, she didn't lose her legs, but the ability to walk. And I could tell that, uh, that her legs, there was a lot of atrophy there. And, uh, and so it's like, can we, can we pray for you? And you, know, and you know, and I was like, man, what if? Like, like, what if? Like, I stand to gain nothing except for, like, witnessing the glory of the Lord and healing this woman. And I was like, you know, but, oh, but God's probably not going to do that. And I just feel like that's often how we treat, like, our prayers, right? Like, is God really, like, is he really going to do that? And before I even give the Lord an opportunity to display his glory, I've already shut down what he's capable of. And so I was like, come on, boys, put a hand on her. I was like, if James 5 tells us to do this, if she can't walk, I was like, let, like, Lord surprise me, and made your, because like, no, I'm not going to receive, it's not like I'm going to be in the news in America if this lady can all of a sudden walk, you know, I was like, I, like, I'm not going to gain anything from this, so, like, this is the perfect opportunity, you can do this here, up in this mountain, in the middle of Nicaragua, like, no one around, this translator, this lady, and her, like, there's like five people from her family there, and I was like, let's just go at it, and man, y'all, I, I was just after it in prayer over this woman, like, we're laying hands on her, and all, and, and, she started to cry, and I was like, this is, like, Lord, I, like you might do this. Like this is nuts, right? And and after we were done, wouldn't you know it? She still couldn't walk. <laughs> you know. And so, like, right? What do you do with that? And she's and she's still crying. And she's still with me. And she's so joyful. And I'm like, what are you? And I was, and, and part of me was like, I like I'm sorry. Like I, I I couldn't do it. Like it like it was me. Like it was me that had the power to do it at all in the first place, right? And she. And she was still weeping, and she was so thankful. She kept kissing me on the cheeks, and she was like, you know, speaking things I didn't understand. Uh, but the translator was saying, and, and, and so, uh, and, I, uh, and it eventually came out. Her, she was so joyful because she has not heard her son pray in over 10 years. And so we joined together to pray over her. We had no idea what God was wanting to accomplish in that time, to restore this young man's faith in what the Lord can do. And, and, and even he saw that maybe she wasn't healed. Maybe she will be. I, I don't know. But the Lord was still moving in that. Corporate prayer is, is powerful, right? When we all come together like that, right, and praying over someone, and when everyone's joining in, and then, because you never know what, what that might spur someone else in that thing who has not really voiced, right? I, looking at you, Carrie, remember Monday, Thursday, you know? That can be a powerful thing right? Hearing someone else pray like that. So corporate prayer is important. The second thing here, prayer is informed by God's word. It's informed by God's word. You see what, what did the apostles do? They reference, it's really it's Psalm 2 is what it is. They're referencing David's words here, right? In verse, uh, at the end of verse 24 into into, uh, 26. Let me, let me see if I can read it again, right? You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David, and so they're referencing this thing that David said, and then they're, they're making that, like they're, they're letting us see that in, to, in today's reality, right? It's like, you, you talked about how the people plot in vain, like David talked about how the kings of the earth rise up and the rulers together. So this is, and then they say, see, this is what Herod and Pontius Pilate did, and this is what the Pharisees do now. And they're raising up against the Lord's, like David was talking about the Lord's anointed, talking about himself, right? But now he's talking about the Lord's anointed Jesus. And so they're able to take... What was being said there, and quote this scripture back to God, and they applied it to their immediate circumstance, and it was powerful. I was picking up Liv from school on a Friday. This Friday's a day off for me. And and so I was going to pick her up from school, picked her up, took her home, uh, and we're sitting in front of the, we're just sitting in the driveway, and she's looking at me like in her car seat, just like mean mugging, you know? And I'm like, What's up, baby? Like, you already had your day with school? She said. You said that today we could go get ice cream after school. I'm like, baby, I said that on Monday. Like, Monday. It takes you 110 minutes to put your socks on, because I have to keep reminding you. You know, but it's like, she remembered. It's like, I don't even know why I said that. Like, I don't even remember. It's like, how in the world did you remember that, right? Because those were my words. And she held me to account on what I said and I could not go back on it because I did say that. I'm like, how would, like, of all the things you did not remember? But, man, you, you talk about ice cream and she'll go all ginkgo biloba on me, you know? Like, she just will not forget. There is power in bringing to account what one has said. God cannot disagree with himself. And so his word is pure. You want to ensure you are praying with the right heart, then pray his words back to him. Right? They quote Psalm 2 in the text, and it's this moment that indicates that these people were deeply rooted in the Word of God, and that's what was able to inform how they prayed. They were people of the book, and because they were people of the book, prayer was informed at a deep level regarding God's will, because they know that's God's will, because He said it. And so that when we pray, we can do the same thing, and, and the ability, the more you know God's word, the more you're a student of it, the more you can take that then and apply that to what's going on. Lord, you said things like this. Yes, you talked about how some plot against you and, and all that, and so now we see these plot against us. And so, Lord, this is not new to you. You've dealt with this before, right? A prayer that comes from a heart that is tapped into God's word is on a deep level. Perceiving what is happening in the world through biblical lenses is a powerful prayer, Right? Right, for, like, Sarah could ask me to help around the house. Like, she could ask that. She could say, I just, I, need, I just need your help, like, when I get home or something. But if she's smart, and she is, she's brilliant, she would say, babe, I need you to cook. Like, get dinner done, because she's got enough things going on. And I'm like, yes. Now, why is that a good thing? Because I love to cook. I'm like, come on, get out the kitchen. I got it. You know, boom, and I'm on it, right? It, or she's like, babe, I need you to run the errands. I'm like, Ugh. She's like, but I need you to go to H-E-B. I'm like, score. I dig me some H-E-B, right? Right, but why are those good things for her to ask me? Because she knows they are already within my will. They are already things that she knows I am bent and inclined to do. And when we pray, these are similar things, right? That when we pray his word back to him, we know these are already the inclinations of his heart. And that then we now align with that. And I know God's not like, I like that and I don't like that, and so I'm not going to answer that. That's not how he works. I'm just saying that when, we, when we're coming to his word, we know that these are things already on his heart. And that yes or that affirmation is a lot easier for us to, to get to quickly. And when, Usually that yes just means we become more in line with that. It's not he's coming more in line with us. It's that we're becoming more in line with him. And that's the secret in there. Some of my favorite passages to pray, if you're just like, Matt, like, if, I were to, if I were to like look at the Bible, if I were to start somewhere with quoting scripture back to him, gosh, let me count the ways. Um, but uh, there are some, I think my favorite ones are the ones that put his glory on display. Those are my favorite ones to pray back to God are the ones where it's just like, this is an amazing passage on, on just the glory of God and him ascribing these things. Because frankly, when I start there in prayer, it, It just, it puts everything I have into perspective. I'm like, like, right, it's hard to not have perspective when you're praying to him how he formed the valleys of the earth with the blast of his nostrils. You're like, I think, I think you got this thing going on in my life, you know? And so those are really great things to pray to God before you enter into your own supplications, your own petitions. Or, like, what are the glory things? Like, Matthew, uh, yeah, Psalm 18 is a great one. Uh, uh, Psalm, or, or shoot, Job uh, Job 38 through 41 is a really good one because that's where like God just starts like laying it out with Job about where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Like, do you know where the mountains goats are? And where they're giving? Birth? Like, you just read that and you're like, God, you got it, you got it, right? Or Psalm 142, right? Whenever I'm like, whenever I'm at a place where, um, uh, uh right, where I'm uh, just feeling, I don't know bombarded on all sides right like i could just i can just go to some of these verses right someone for, i cry to you O lord i say you are my refuge my portion in this land of the living listen to my cry for i am in desperate need rescue me from those who pursue me for they're too strong for me set me free from my prison that i may praise your name that's a great prayer when i realize that i'm in the deep darks of the cave That thing I said that I would never do again, I did again. And I need to come to Micah chapter 7. Who is a God like you who pardons sin, forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance? You do not stay angry forever, but you delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on me as you tread our sins underfoot and hurl them into the depths of the sea. Learn his word, friends. And it will, it will empower your prayer life. You don't have to memorize all of it. You basically just heard all I know, all right? Uh, not not totally, but right. get those few in you. Get those few in you. And I can't tell you how, how much those can be meaningful uh, pillars for you, all right? Uh, third thing, uh, consumed with the mission, right? When we come together and we pray together, that prayer that they had was consumed with the mission, Right? They brought that passage to their situation, and, and it was there's right of, of David. When I, sorry, this is unclear. When the disciples came together and they were praying, they quoted that verse back to him from Psalm 2. They applied it to their situation, and then their response out of that was, you see how they oppressed him? Now look, they're plotting against us. Lord, the Gentiles and the religious leaders come against your Christ, the Lord Jesus. But they were merely doing what your sovereign hand had already determined them to do. You see what the disciples are saying? They're saying, you had already, you already knew they were going to do this. You knew they were going to kill Jesus. You knew they were going to take us. And, and somehow, Lord, we agree that all of this is according to your sovereign will. Do you ever pray like that? When we come together, Lord, this is the state of, of, of my family, the state of our schools, the state of our country, the state of whatever. But Lord, you're sovereign. You knew all this would happen. And in light of all of this, the disciples say, man, what, all of this stuff that's going out of control that, that we have troubles with, Lord, you're in charge. Even those who killed Jesus, you're sovereign. You're in control. You're in command. And you are at work. And we recognize that. We praise you for it. And now we ask you to consider their threats, is what the disciples said. Now consider their threats and consider that they also come against us. Now, what do you think they would ask for next? So, Lord, help us, protect us, right? Deliver us from that. That's not what they ask for, right? They ask to, let me go so I make sure I get it right. Consider their threats. Now, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They were consumed with the mission, They were consumed with the mission, right? They could have asked for safety. They could have asked for protection, but they asked for boldness. This means that they had very little concern for themselves as individuals. They cared more about the church and what the body of Christ was up to. And they cared more about this than their safety or their needs. What was assumed here is that they were caught up in something greater than themselves. And so their prayer time was not eaten up with a bunch of individual requests and petitions right? And now I'm not saying that that is wrong, right? We certainly need to pray for, pray for all things. I mean, God, God cares about all of it, right? He can, like, he can answer all of, I say like some of the, like, the smaller, more minute prayers, the things that are acute in your life, right? Those are important things to pray about. We certainly need to pray with each other and pray for each other, carry one another's burdens. That is love, right? Some of the little things going on, right? Unless you're praying for your cat. God doesn't hear those prayers. Um, you just need to know that. Maybe your dog you might get that one through. Just kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe. I don't know. Um, But, but let me just, here's what I'm after. Maybe, maybe we can position our prayer time to make the main things the main things. Positioning our prayer time to make the main things the main things. And in our prayer times together, perhaps we should focus a little more on the mission of God in the world. And at least start there before we start wrapping into the, oh, my job, oh, my kids, my this. Those are important things. God wants to hear those things, right? He'll tell us to let those things rise up to the Lord. We want to let all those things rise up. But perhaps we could focus a little more on the mission of God in the world and let our hearts be captivated by what he's up to. And start praying and aligning our prayers and our lives with his work. In longing for his work to continue and spread. And grow. They spoke of the work of God being healing, signs, and wonders. And these are things that were happening and at a concentrated level through the apostles, frankly. And God was affirming the gospel message through the apostles by doing all kinds of miraculous works through them as an, affir- as an affirmation to the message, right? The church was saying, Lord, while you are doing supernatural works in people's lives for the glory of Jesus, and as we align with you, give us boldness to continue proclaiming the message. Like, you're doing, you're doing signs and wonders. Like, this is all about you. Like, this is so much bigger than us. So let me not now, now, not belittle, but, but water down this time by just making it all about me. Let me continue on with boldness about who you are. They said, do it, but just don't talk about Jesus. Lord, I can't. Look what you're doing in and through us. Give us more boldness. Fine, fine, Caiaphas and all you people. Aligning our prayers for the mission of God in the world is something that is critical as we come together and pray with boldness. These are things that we see them doing. And the church in Acts was doing crazy stuff, right? And so we come together. We say, Lord, do what you want to do. Give us the boldness to do what you've commanded us to do. And as we do this together, man, what a ride. I mean, this is how ordinary people change the world. If it was was like a handbook of like, hey, you're ordinary. How do you want to change the world? This is how. Stuff like this. And then the fourth and last thing is this, that it was affirmed by the Holy Spirit. This is going to be a really short piece because there's something that I was like, I I could spend more time here or something else I saw that I just, I couldn't ignore because it was so convicting to me. But we see this lastly right in verse 31. As they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I mean, there was a lot in there. But the Holy Spirit resp- Now, here's something interesting. Pentecost has already happened. So, the Holy Spirit filled them, like, just a bit ago. But now it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that a mind bender for anyone else? What does that mean? It doesn't mean that they didn't have it, right? But the Bible will say over and over again at points that that somehow, right, because you understand you can't get more of God, (laughs) like God already gave you everything, like if I just had more of you, Jesus, Jesus died on a cross, you don't need more of that, like he did all, all of it, either that wasn't sufficient and it wasn't enough, or it was, and it was enough. But there is, there is something about, about the Holy Spirit pulsing and falling afresh on us that I think has to do with our daily sanctification. Because that is the Holy Spirit's work, to continue a renewal within us. And as we pray, that renewal continues and that fan flames within us that we are what we're doing is we're stoking that holy spirit within us and the spirit fell and it affirmed them in that moment saying yes you were on track i'm going to shake this building boom and they were filled with the holy spirit like we're, we're on it we're going i believe god will often affirm us in our prayers in ways like this right he'll say yeah like when jesus was being baptized and the holy spirit comes down and says you this is my son with whom i'm well pleased listen to him right and and like the and and when we join together in prayer We'll get an affirmation sometimes from the Holy Spirit when, when we're on the right track. Now, I'm going to change gears on this just slightly real quick. This is something that I read in the previous chapter that I was like, oh, man. Uh, and, and it happens in, uh, right, because what's happening is that daily this man was being led to, uh, to, the, to the beautiful gate, right? This is where, close to the temple where they would meet every day for, for prayer and someone would come and drop off this lame man. He couldn't walk. And, and, and typically, so what would happen is any, any good Jew would walk, they'd give him some alms, right? And they'd continue on to, to prayer. And, uh, and so I'm just like, man, how did they get here? Like, how did all this happen, right? How, how are they getting to this point where they're coming back and praying? Okay, they're healing this guy. What was this? Let me read it for us. to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Friends, what is it that you think you have? What is the deep resource that you feel like you can muster up to offer this world, to offer the hurting, to offer your family, to even offer this church? I was so convicted by that phrase because I wonder if a man came up to me and asked me, hey, what do you have to give me? I feel like the first thing I'd reach for is my wallet. But the disciples say, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, you can have. I mean, that's like one of those trick things where it's like, oh, sorry, like, I don't have that, but what I do have is this, boom, you know? It's like, that's what the apostles did. It was crazy. It's like, oh, we don't have money, but uh, how about you walk instead? Friends, we have a resource within us that is so much bigger and so much deeper. What is it you think you have? Do you see prayer? as a meaningful resource to engage this world with. Say, see the Lord impressed upon you right now, like you're, like a calling of, and let's say, just like spoke to you, I need you to go to the local cemetery and I want you to raise someone from the dead. Well, let's say that was like what the Lord was like, go just, go raise, it. you don't need to raise all of them, just one. Uh, We're not asking for full revival. I just need you to raise one person. Question. Who would you invite to come with you? Think about that. Like this is what you have to do. It's like, I need to go raise someone from the dead. Who would you bring with you? would it be a good communicator a talented musician would you bring your wallet would you pay him back to life what you would want is the person you think is most Connected and in line with the will of God, and has a life marked by prayer. Right? I mean, that's what my that's what my mind goes to. I'm like, who is just an intercessor? With the, like, who do I know that when they pray, it is like hands and falling? Right? That's what we would want, friends. The, the world talks about the non-believers in our community, like people that are deaf, people that are blind. They don't understand it. They don't get it. It'll also call them at some point like, like the dead. They walk, like they walk amongst the dead things. They don't know. And so we're asked to come and really, like this is our mission in the world, to raise the dead. <laughs> and what's going to do that is not an impressive communicator. Kyle, no offense, not a great musician. It's going to be us as the people of God Praying and enlisting on their behalf. Because the secret, here's the secret we have nothing to offer. Because who could really do that? It has to be an act of the Lord in Jesus enacting his will through the power of the Holy Spirit. We need prayer. And we need prayer collectively. Amen. Let's stand up. Man, how do you close a prayer time? You know what I mean? Like, let's all, if we had more time, I'd just have us all circle up and be like, let's all just say it at this. You know what? Let's try this. Let's try this. Uh, just for, I'm literally going to do this for, I'm going to count it for 30 seconds. I want us all to pray out loud at the same time. The beauty of that is no one's listening to you because they're thinking about what they're going to say. All right? I know you're like, you're already glad you wore deodorant, you know? Uh, and you're like, that's going to be weird. Some of you can be like, I'm going to pray like this that no one hears me. Like, I would just say, As much as you're comfortable, just just, just all just pray out loud and not for yourself. I'm not going to like tell you what to pray for, but not for yourself. I would say I would orient it around the glory of God being known specifically here in Dripping Springs, right? And how you feel led to continue on with that for the next like 30 seconds, go for it, all right? I'm not going to do it because if I do it, you're just going to hear me on the microphone the whole time. I would rather just listen to y'all do it. But if I don't hear you, I'm going to heckle you in my microphone, okay? All right, y'all ready? Ready? Just 30 seconds. You can do this. You can do this for 30 seconds. Just pray that the glory of the Lord would be made known in Dripping Springs. All right? And go. so Lord all these things you hear it's, it's, it's insane to me that of all of these words shooting up the same time you're able to take all of them and sort every single one of these prayers out and hear them all individually but all collectively at the same time Lord I pray that you are honored in this so now go friends With the peace of the Lord, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant to you his everlasting peace. Amen. We'll see you all next week.